Welcome to Layout, a weekly podcast about design, technology, and everything else. Our main topic for this week is all over the place. Our thanks to Filament Creative and its UX Design Masterclass for sponsoring this week's episode. So, <laughs> hi. Hello, Kevin. How's it going? It's going all right. Um, we've been talking for an hour, and we haven't pressed record yet because we were not ready to record the actual show. But I'm already tired, man. <laughs> <laughs> Great start. How are um, you? Yeah, I am tired too. I guess so. This will be interesting. I think it'll be just more a more casual show. It's definitely a more casual show. Let's, but instead of calling it casual, or some people might call it unprepared or, or, or unfocused, yeah, I prefer to call it. Uh, you know, we're, we're as people probably know, we're very close to hitting a hundred episodes. So think of this show as a like a callback to the the original format um, for the true um, you know fans listeners. Our OGs. Our OGs. Uh, listener Joseph Pierce um, sent us an email with like a, a, a topic suggestion. He asks, like, how do we show UX design work in a portfolio? Because um, as you know, like if you're showing more visual stuff, it's easy to show off because you can just post a pretty picture. <laughs> uh, like a dribble post is worth I don't know, a billion words. Uh, uh, but yeah, it's, it can be kind of tricky to show more UX work. So this is not our main topic, but I just, I don't know, we don't have a main topic. So do you want to tackle this or not really? Uh, yeah, so the, it's definitely an interesting question and something that's even been on my mind lately. Um, I don't know that I have an answer for you <laughs> at the moment because um, I've been thinking a lot about redoing my portfolio. Um, mm -hmm. Because, you know, it's just, it's what happens, man. Like, portfolios get old. <laughs> you just forget Tell to update them. Um, and there's just, like, there's a million projects that I've worked on that just aren't on my portfolio. And I've been trying to think, like, even, um, like, showing something that's UX-related might be difficult. But also thinking about showing the work of a manager. <laughs> like, a lot of the projects that I've worked on, that I've had an, an impact on, aren't even projects where I was a designer on that, on mm -hmm. that project. So how do you even surface that? How do you show that? Um, and I, I don't know. That's a good uh, question, right? I think you have, like, the best way is to write a case study, which I know is a lot of work. And it's not just a grid, you know, <laughs> a grid of thumbnails to show off work. But it's like you... If you're a manager, if you're you more of a UX designer, more like a strategist and whatever, like it's hard to create assets and deliverables. So mm -hmm. turn that into writing. Um, you don't have to create like a micro website to show off your case study, but you could you could just it could be a medium post if you want. Like you can just write out what were the challenges, uh, why were you doing it, uh, like what what were you trying to solve, how do you go about it, uh, like. Did you work this with a team, just by yourself? Uh, what solutions do you arrive to? You know, just 
write it down uh, and you know of course try to throw a couple diagrams in the mix uh, a couple like before and afters even if you're showing like even if you didn't touch on the ui or like the visual design of it um there's ux work behind it so you can show it even if you didn't produce all the pixels like hey this after all the work that i did this is one of the outcomes that came from it right um yeah so, I, yeah i agree like words are probably the obvious answer <laughs> uh and the simplest answer um i do have to say though like having reviewed a ton a ton of portfolios mm-hmm. um like words are great if the people you're sending it to are like really engaged uh but i have <laughs> have been uh faced with portfolios that are just a giant wall of text and i'm like you know what I'm not going to read this. This is too much. Like I just I just don't have time for all of this. Uh and I'm sure it's great and just the exercise of writing this whole content like that is valuable for sure. Um but I've been thinking about how could do you make essentially like a tiny novel um <laughs> be like tiny easily novel. skimmable and uh like grab your attention. Um So I think, I mean, you're a designer, like that's a problem for you to solve. Um, like, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like uh, there's, yeah. there's different ways that you can approach that. And so one of them that I've been thinking about is approaching it a little bit more like a, like a slide deck almost where, um, you are going through a narrative, but using kind of like different blocks of elements, like it might be like different background colors it might be like like breaking up your text into like very mm-hmm. visual or like simplified like just have an image that's like a couple words and like the gist of your point for each of the things and it doesn't need to be an image it could be live text it could be anything but um kind of like try to make it an engaging experience for me to go through that case study and make me want to continue going down um that's one idea another idea um that i've had and who knows like i might not do any of this right but um just thinking about it um i was thinking about okay, maybe it'd be cool for me to do a video basically one video for each project where i would just like sit down like either on my computer or something uh and then talk people through okay here's what the challenge was here's why it's interesting here's what our approach was um and then you can like kind of insert stuff like next to you and like have images like on the video uh but trying to kind of rethink how portfolios are done because i like recently i've just i don't know i i don't feel like reading as much as i used to uh, and i feel like kind of bringing in video might add like a layer of personality into it it might allow me to kind of like what if i just like sketch stuff out on a piece of paper and then show people what it like how it was like maybe that's a cool way to show people how i work um in a way that's not like the standard portfolio format yeah that's that's a good idea um i also like the the more of a slide deck type of thing so maybe you could uh create a micro site for something because uh, if you if you show someone like <laughs> a couple thousand words posts uh just text uh there is going to be a turn off because you see 
the whole mountain ahead of you that you have to yeah. climb. So you give up. <laughs> but maybe it's like a slide base. Like start here with this very easable, you know, digestible piece of content and just press next if you're interested and try to be try to engage the the reader or the viewer. Um, yeah, that's and an like, idea. You have to engineer and design your portfolio as if like the people that are going to see it are going to close a tab after six seconds. <laughs> like, how do you retain their attentions? Um, and it's funny because a friend of mine um, is a, a copywriter and uh, she was doing like kind of a live uh, kind of live stream where she was like talking about uh, content strategy and kind of helping people like boost, like write effective content to um like drive more traffic to their site and like keep people on their site and engage them to buy and one thing she was talking about was um maybe kind of a controversial opinion but i i personally liked it um that you know like the clickbait titles <laughs> like yeah. five things you've never guessed about design or whatever that's um, your portfolio yeah so you'll never believe the clients i work for right <laughs> exactly <laughs> uh but what she was saying was clickbait titles are actually great like there's a reason why you click them because they're perfectly engineered to capture your attention and make you want to click it the problem is is not the title the problem is the article that, that you go to because yeah you see the title and it's a like, lie feel tricked holy shit like i'm really curious about this and then you get to the website and it's like uh actually this is really disappointing but <laughs> what if you treat your entire content as like clickbait basically of like how do i make this like the most engaging possible how do i make the most fun how do i uh keep people wanting to read and i give them what they're looking for um and so that's another way to approach it right it's um looking at okay what are like put yourself in the shoes of someone who's looking to hire a designer what are they looking for what do they want to know what is the job that they hire your portfolio for it's like the jobs to be done type technique um and you'll you might find that they're looking for different things that like you'd necessarily like want to surface immediately like for example a thing that i'm looking for when i look at portfolios is um well one like obviously the work uh but i want to know like very quickly what is the problem why do i care and what is your solution uh <laughs> and almost in that order basically where your solution i'm sure like it's super interesting but if i'm not bought in to your problem like i'm just i just don't i can't tell why it's good work um mm -hmm. so that's one thing that i'm looking for but i'm also looking for things like um like how much time have you spent on this project how many other people have worked on this project like what piece did you own yourself um, so like making sure to highlight those very clearly is important. Um, there's all kinds of stuff like that, that like, if you start talking, like, I'm sure like if you go to events or stuff like that, like you'll probably find recruiters, uh, but like try to ask people like what they look for, um, in, in a portfolio when they're, they're looking to hire someone and, and try to design your portfolio in a way that like makes those things shine through and, and optimize it for, for that kind of stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> Agreed. I've been, I've been, um, 
more and more interested in in the not just like all the work that I've seen, uh, but like what did it take to do that? Not just look at this website, this landing page that I designed. Like, how long did it take you? How many people were in the team? What were your responsibilities? For, you know, through how many iterations did you go through? That is amazing because yeah. it also helps to frame and compare a little bit. Like, we talked about imposter syndrome last week. Um, like, hey, we all keep looking at Stripe, but you know, Stripe every Stripe page they spend months like three months working on that one page, right? Like, mm -hmm. yes, it's amazing work and you should strive for that. And like, it's perfect. But also if you did something in a week or two and like, you can't, you shouldn't compare to that type of work. So like the, the, you know, what it took to get there, I think it's pretty important as well. Cool. Well, uh, Joseph, I hope this kind of answers it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Kevin, you mentioned the video as well. I like. I remember the uh, break to save the Apple Watch dingus. Um, uh -huh. When I was sending stuff to the press, uh, like to cover my game, pretty much, mm -hmm. uh, instead of sending an email saying, "Hey, I made an app game. It's this is how it works. I would love for you to try it. Here's a link to try a beta if you want." Instead of that, I created, I recorded a video, um, like personal like, custom made to the people i was sending to so it's not like hi reporter um <laughs> so i actually like you know said the name out loud and that That's means awesome. that i couldn't record a lot so it's in like john gruber and federico vitici and uh, i said one mike michael hurley um like i record a little video which one can you it's easier to show off like excitement yeah. in a podcast as well but like if you have audio and video like it really helps so i wanted to look excited about this and i mean it was easy because i was <laughs> were you wearing a suit <laughs> no um i could also show uh, like i wanted to be super brief so i yeah. think the video was like 30 seconds or a minute not more than a minute and so i could because it's a video and something you couldn't do if you were to write that down or even if you were to like create an actual blog post i could explain what the game was show myself and like be personal to the person i was looking i was talking to and at the same time show like a gameplay of the game um side by side because i could just overlay it in a video so it was like a compact way and personal way to let people know about this but mm -hmm. i did um not everyone uh got back to me <laughs> But some people did. I know Federico, like he 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 knew me from the video when I met him at um, uh, the talk show live. I think that's like awesome. That. That's cool. Yeah, he he like he recognized me from the video. That's cool. So just a, a little bit more of a personal touch. Yeah. No, that's that's a really good, uh, really good idea. Uh, I like the recording. Like that might not be possible, but recording a video specifically for the person like that might be a cool touch too if you're applying for a job i was like hey yeah give, let me let me give you like a two-minute pitch for why i'd be a good fit for your company like that'd be awesome i've never seen anyone do that no that'd you would really stand cool. out yeah. immediately yeah yeah for sure uh should we do a sponsor thing oh yeah should sure let, yeah should let's we do let it. our listeners know about a sponsor let's do it all right, so our sponsor for this week is, once again, Filament Creative. And uh, they're here to tell you about uh, its UX Design Masterclass course. 
um, so this is a, this is a course online that you can apply to and where you can learn how to understand people better uh, learn how to design stunning research driven interfaces and I just really want to point this out research driven interfaces uh, and create real business value from a team that's been doing it for more than 16 years um, this is not just another regular design course. They are really focused on engaging customers through meaningful conversations, uh, designing based on users' motivations, uh, collaborating effectively with stakeholders and clients to create impactful end results and peaceful projects. Um, you should never design three concepts again. And this UX Design Masterclass is a 30-part uh, learn-at-your-own-pace online course and user experience design, uh, and students learn about people and how their motivations impact design decisions, um, how to execute design based on this knowledge, and how to keep uh, clients engaged through the process. Um, another thing, if you want to enroll in this uh, course, they also provide a Slack uh, group for all the students and uh, teachers, and stuff, so you can ask questions and like, you know, learn together <laughs> and get feedback on your assignments and stuff. So it's pretty cool. Uh, if you want to learn more, you can uh, check it out at spec.fm slash UXDMC. That stands for UX Design Masterclass. Um, and at checkout, if you want to apply and enroll, you can use the code SPEC15 to get 15% off um, your course. So once again, spec.fm slash UXDMC. Use code SPEC15 at checkout to get 50% off. Um, all right, our thanks to uh, Film and Creative for once again sponsoring uh, Layout. Hey, Kevin, uh, we, when we left off, we were talking about being unique and uh, standing out and uh, with your portfolio thing, creating mm -hmm. a video, whatever. Um, I've been thinking more and more about like letting your personality shine through like either social media or your website or whatever. Like how important is to let your personality, you know, show uh and that could be just in your own thing so like, like i said social media your website your videos your podcast or um or like should it also be in your work like how much of your personality do you want to have in your work i don't know just the thing that i've been thinking about like there are people that their twitter account is very much uh like their brand you know mm -hmm. it's very it's very um enterprisey um, and then there's people that goof around and like they actually almost don't want to talk about work and stuff in your social media. You want to just keep it, you know, purely a personality thing and like lifestyle thing, like their own life. They try to separate it both. Um, you, I feel like you are, you're very balanced actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but more on the personal side, I would think, um, and just, well, it's just for comparison. And I guess like more on the enterprise thing, you have people like to be the Schneider and maybe like Dan Petty as well. Like they, they, they very much own their brand um, to the point that I really don't know if I know this person. Does that, does that make any sense? Uh, I guess. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I guess I just don't put that much time thinking about like my personal brand <laughs> um and just like do things the way that i see fit um yeah but, but like just going to your question about like 
how much personality should you put into your own work? I feel like all of it, all of my personality is in my work. Like it's, it might be subtle um, and people might not notice it, but it's there, it's definitely there. Um, <laughs> it's in like the stuff that I care about, that like um, the tiny little details that people might not notice that, that like I want to get perfectly right. The type of design that you also make like really speaks i think to your values like is it something that's more um i don't know something that's more experimental like placing more emphasis on the feel of it versus like making something that's um maybe more usable or like all of these things i think really show your personality and in some cases like it might not be your personality, like it might be their your company's personality. Mm-hmm. Um but but yeah, I think it definitely shines through absolutely. Like I can't separate those things. And that doesn't mean that like I have like a single style. Like we talked about that even in another episode, but um like yeah, but I I think like you could definitely tell um someone's but, but- you you can see uh, sometimes this clashing, like your own personality and taste can clash with your companies or your clients' right. yeah. taste. And like like if you're really into more fun, bubbly, approachable, like informal tone and stuff, and then but what if you work for like Uber, for example, which Uber is very like toned down, neutral. Um, type of type of visual style, I would say. Mm-hmm. So this can clash, right? Um, do you think this is something you can just contain and like maybe go wild on your side projects <laughs> to try to make up for for your day to day thing, or or should you just actually, you know what? Maybe that is not the right company for you. You think that is fair? That is, yeah. I mean, I there's yeah, there's a bit of that, like of well maybe try to find a company that aligns with the stuff that you like making (laughs) um but also i think you can find a lot of opportunities um to inject your personality in a subtle way into the stuff that you make um and all like all companies like companies are just a bunch of people right and so if you can nudge the company in like a little direction that's more what you think would be right, then um, sometimes you'll realize that, yeah, it's totally fine and people are going along with it and people like it. And then you kind of like shape the company into looking more like what you enjoy. Um, And that might be fine. Like the only problem is when that clashes with like the company's best interests. Um, Obviously you have to be careful of that. Um, But I find that somehow like for me to do my best work i we have to align on a lot of values and a lot of like priorities and and like just personality wise um so yeah i i don't know i'd be curious to hear from designers who have worked on on stuff that is like completely different from their personality um tonality wise to see like how that experience was like but for me i'd say most of the time it's been either very similar to my personality or um it's been easy enough for me to like kind of inject my own twist to things 
without disrupting like the brand too much. Mm-hmm. But I'm also not like a branding designer or anything like that, where like I right. feel like that stuff might be way more important. But <laughs> and also, you know, the reverse coin. I I can also say that from experience, my style has also not really changed, but you know, adapted. Like mm-hmm. I've I've been working on my style unconsciously, right? So things that I value now. Um, weren't there like maybe two years, three years ago, right? So mm-hmm. I've been also like valuing different stuff. So, and, and very much influenced by the company that I work at and by the team um, that I work with. So I guess it's a bit of both. Mm-hmm. Um, like going back to, to Twitter, I'm just curious, how, how much do you police yourself on your tweets? Meaning uh, how often does it happen that, you want to tweet something, you want to talk about something, topic, or just something, and you, you you stop yourself because it doesn't fit in your Twitter persona mm-hmm. or, like, what do you want to be tweeting about? Does this make sense? So I used to do that a lot more. I don't do it anymore. <laughs> I just tweet whatever whatever I feel like tweeting. Um, that doesn't I'm mean... I'm the other way around. Huh? I'm the opposite. Really? Wow. Interesting. Yeah, it's cool. No, I... I don't know. I don't care. I don't, I, I don't have like that. I, I feel like I'm at a, a stage of my life where I just do not care very much <laughs> for things like this. I'm just like, well, if you are not interested, just unfollow. Like, it's fine. I don't like, I don't mind. I used to, like the thing that used to kind of bother me a little bit was, um, when certain people that I admired started following me, Mm-hmm. <laughs> every time i would either post something um i would like then go check like if they're still on my followers <laughs> list <laughs> See, i like, also do this sometimes like, guilty. <laughs> like oh did i annoy them too much with my tweet and i would like really think about it and sometimes it would prevent me from tweeting something i'd be like ah, mm-hmm. i don't know like maybe this person's not gonna like it um but now it's really just gotten to a stage where i'm like well look if if I'm not being myself just to like keep this person that to be frank, like I barely know um, to prevent them from unfollowing me, then what is the point? Cause they're not following me. They're following like the carefully create curated image that I'm trying to project to impress them. Like that, that's just like, there's no point in that. Like that's just not um, the right thing to do in my opinion. Um, so yeah, I just, went you know what like if they want to unfollow me that's that's fine i unfollow people all the time that doesn't mean they're a bad person for that or that doesn't mean that they're like not as good as uh, at what they do and i just want to feel free tweeting whatever i i want to tweet and no like if i do that and they these people still want to follow me then that's great because i'm being 100 percent fully myself um, and they follow me for who I am, not like mm-hmm. what I think they want me to be. Um, so that's been kind of my philosophy. That being said, I do have, I wouldn't say rules for myself, but I, I have, I'm like a very picky, uh, follower. Basically there are a bunch of things that annoy me. 
uh, people on Twitter uh, that I try not to do. So, um, like, retweets, you must use them very sparingly. (laughs) Like, something has to be really funny or really good for uh, me to retweet it. Like and and like just like that that the real retweet like just clicking the icon. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm a lot more liberal with the um, <laughs> the quote tweet because um, I feel like I can add context to to that and it's <laughs> original more content only, no reposts. Well, kind of, yeah. I find I find that a bit lazy, like just the retweets. Um, and most of the time, I find that that don't care about them too much. I I want to have I want to make my Twitter be really human um because i am a human and i'm not a machine i'm not a company i like don't just want to be retweeting announcements or weird stuff that people other people post um so yeah i try to make it like the majority of my tweets need to be like handcrafted basically not just reposting of other people's content um also i'm like really careful with like for example the shopify tweets um I want to keep those to minimum because um, it's. E- I, f- I feel like people, there's a lot of people at, and I say Shopify because that's where I work and I follow and know a lot of people uh, from Shopify, but I've seen this for other companies too, where it's like, there's like a, I don't know, this sort of like company pride thing that some people have where they, mm-hmm. they'll just like retweet everything that the company account tweets like every product announcement or every little thing. Um, and I just don't. <laughs> I, I have to be personally interested and invested into the thing for me to tweet about it. Um, so that means I won't tweet some things that are very big announcements if I don't think they're relevant to the people who might follow me or that there'd be something that I would personally be interested in hearing about. So there are some stuff that are like, they're great, they're awesome, they're great changes for our merchants, but who cares as, as like an external designer, like who cares about that change? Um, whereas there are cer- certain things that either I have worked on that I think I can add some context about or that um, I think could be relevant to others, then I will post them. So in a way, like that's kind of self, maybe self-censorship in a sense but it's it's more about like what do i want to be saying now i've i've been speaking for for a long time so i'm i'm curious about you so you said that you've actually been going the opposite and being less free about the kind of stuff that you tweet um and thinking a little bit more about that so tell us why because i've been getting more followers mm. i'm by no means like i have a ton of followers but i get more Right. So in the beginning, like, I know it's going to read this shit. Like, who cares? I just tweeted everything. <laughs> right. Uh, and I get, as I get more followers and like more followers, like from people that I admire and stuff, then that changes. Like, oh, do I really want to talk about <laughs> this? Like, especially uh, personal stuff. Because there's things that I would share with friends. And for a long time, like, I treat twitter is like my friends internet friends right mm-hmm. but a lot of people like most people probably like 99 percent of my followers they don't care about me they don't even know <laughs> me the person like they just care about my content <laughs> hashtag content um so like i've lately i've been feeling like 
oh, what I have to tweet now has to be funny. Like, that's a thing. Because uh, <laughs> usually those are the tweets that are... The Rafa like, technique. <laughs> those are the tweets that get more traction. So a lot of people follow me because of, like, this one tweet or that one thing that got retweeted. So, like, they come in with this expectation. Oh, this is a funny account. Like, <laughs> oh, crap. This <laughs> puts a lot of pressure on me. Um, so I've been tweeting less and less uh, mm -hmm. lately. Uh, also... For example, like I've been, I've been getting more serious about running. Um, so it's just something that it's more on my mind. Um, and everyone that knows me personally, like my girlfriend is sick and tired of hearing me talk about running. Uh, but like, I would love to tweet my, like my morning run. Hey, look at this view and look at the pace that I got. And Hey, I did this, but that is not like, that's not interesting for anyone that doesn't know me personally or like cares about me as a person as a friend like no one cares that i ran <laughs> right um but you don't know that i know i suspect i i suspect like because uh, they're in for the design funny tweets not the uh, <laughs> run tweets cares. come come from for the funny design tweets stay for the the run tweets <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, yeah, I've been I've been uh, self policing me uh, myself a lot of right. Well, I mean, you bring up kind of a good point that it is a thing that I've been thinking about as well, which is like, do I need to post everything? <laughs> uh, and just being okay sometimes not posting about a thing. I mean, like it's fine. <laughs> like yeah. no, no one, no one need my needs my thoughts on. I don't know, the latest prototyping tool that just came out that I'll use for five minutes and, and never use again. Like it's you know what Not I mean? Like names. In in certain cases. Um there are prototyping tools that I'm legitimately like really interested in, uh like uh Envision Studio. Uh but there are mm -hmm. a thousand others that it's just like I don't really need to be tweeting about that stuff. Um so yeah, like I've been getting better at just being fine not saying anything about a thing and and not feeling like i have some sort of responsibility or something to to tweet about a topic i was like well if i find that it's going to be interesting then i'll tweet about that if not i won't um but one thing that i've also seen eat up into my uh, my twitter usage has been instagram I, I can i just say how much i love instagram Instagram is just so great. It is I I'm I'm probably going to get destroyed for this, but Instagram is the best app. Like it, it just is. It just is the best I app. Don't, I don't I'm a terrible Instagrammer. I oh, never no. I never post stuff except maybe when I'm traveling. You should post I'm your runs. Like poor. runs are perfect for Instagram. But no one cares. I do care. Like, I, I don't get. I don't have enough followers on Instagram. Like, I, no one. I don't get. Well, that's the point. That's the point. You have way fewer followers, so who cares? I guess. I mean, it, it is interesting because. Uh, so I just mentioned that if you post more personal stuff, no one cares. But uh, on the flip side, like if I know that person, like you, for example, you are my friend. If you post stuff more personal, like your day to day, like stuff, I don't know that. Does Are you saying you don't care about my data? -day? <laughs> no, what I'm saying the, the exact opposite. Like for you, people that I like, my friends, I want to know more of their quote unquote boring stuff. Right. Like I want to know what you had for dinner. You know, 
but do I care about this other follower, people that I follow on Twitter that I really don't know personally what they had for dinner? No. So do you think, do you treat Instagram as that like more personal account and Twitter more formal? Yeah. Well, um, it's been weird. Honestly, I wish we need a new social. I wish it was, network. I wish it was just like one thing. <laughs> like I, we just talked about it a long time ago, but like, I wish I just put stories in Twitter. Um, that'd be nice. Uh, but anyways, um, yeah, I I do treat Instagram as more personal. Like I have a bunch of real life friends that follow me on on Instagram that just aren't even on Twitter. <laughs> um, yeah. so I do get to interact with them a lot more. But then I have an overlap uh, of people who do follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Um, but for me, like the format also really influences things. Like. Um, I'm probably not going to post about like, Hey, like on Twitter, like, Hey, I'm currently like building my own bookshelf with like metal and shit, uh, where it's like so much easier to, for me to like just record a video or post a picture on Instagram. So it's not so much that like, it's a purpo purposeful decision to post to one like, uh, social network versus another, but it's more that hey, I just feel like posting a picture, so I'm going to use Instagram versus, uh, hey, I have thoughts with words, then I'll use Twitter. <laughs> but, sometimes, oh, I but sometimes I feel like, hey, there's, there's this like, really cool image or this is really cool video in my, on my story, and why the heck aren't people seeing it? Because people don't follow me on Instagram. Um, yeah. So, okay, so this is, this is my moment. This is my opportunity. People, people, <laughs> why do you not follow me on Instagram? I need okay. Look, Plug. I need I need I need 10k. Okay, that's all I ask. Just 10,000 of you to follow me on Instagram. That way, I can do the swipe up. That's that's all I want. That's all I I want. Shameful plug. So I I right. am really looking forward to when we post this episode. Uh, and and you know what? I want I want to be inundated by um notifications on my phone i'll be like what the heck is going on i'll be like oh yeah that's true we posted the episode so uh, yeah counting on you all of you to follow my boring life <laughs> way to sell it <laughs> <laughs> it's fun though i like honestly if even if nobody saw the things that i post on instagram i'd still love it i love posting stuff That's just fun. I don't know. I like it. All right, fair enough. I I'm not good at it, but but like you, you but you police a lot of your main feed Instagram, so not the stories, right? Because like every picture is amazing. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. So that's kind of interesting because my Instagram feed is extremely curated. See, that's like that's like to an insane amount. That is like it's a contradiction. Not even. It was just crazy. Um, yeah, like I'm, I've gotten like so paranoid about everything on my Instagram feed where I want everything to match and look nice, like in relation to the other pictures in the feed. Because, um, you know, like I follow all these people that have like the greatest feed that like all the pictures like fit in so nicely together. Uh, and I feel like I don't really have that. Um, so I've been like try trying really hard, like get my pictures like more 
coherent uh, <laughs> together and have the, develop more of a consistent style. Um, so yeah, there's so many pictures that I take that I don't end up posting on Instagram because I'm like, eh, not good enough. Uh, but stories, I love, I love stories. Like the main, yeah. my main usage of Instagram is stories. I, yeah, I barely look at the feed anymore. Um, although I love taking pictures and I like that, like careful editing and like thinking and planning around like which pictures am I going to post when, uh, but it's like really insane amount of like just curation and like thought that goes in through into the types of pictures that I post. And that doesn't mean I'm always successful, like, cause I don't think I am all the time, but, um, yeah, yeah, that's weird. And, and that's in a way that I don't restrict myself like that on Twitter. <laughs> Where maybe there's I should because con- I have a lot of way more people following here. me on, on Twitter. But Yeah, there's a lot of contradictions here. Like, <laughs> I don't know, man. I am so confused. I, I, I have no idea. Anyway, like, I like that there are more um, like dedicated feeds. For example, I mentioned running. I follow people on Strava, right? So that's mm-hmm. like its own social network for runners. And I know that if I'm going to post my runs there, Everyone cares because that's why, <laughs> literally, the reason why they follow Everyone me on Strava. Everyone cares. <laughs> uh, do you follow Ricardo? Yes, yes, I do. He's insane. Damn, Ricardo is a very good runner. Like he's he's on a different league. I know. It, that's Dang. crazy. This guy. Yeah, I can't. I don't can't. even think he's human. <laughs> it's just not possible. Yeah, I have my doubts. I don't know. I'm getting my doubts. Yeah, yeah. I have doubts too. A robot <laughs> who really likes typography. <laughs> um so okay uh so the thing i want to talk about is oh (laughs) the main topic (laughs) well no i don't think it's the main topic it's it's just it's a casual show um so it's a thing i've been feeling lately and i don't know if it's wrong or right and if other people feel that way or what um but I think I've kind of been falling out of love with product design lately. Oh no. Um, dun, dun, dun. Or well, or rather that I've just been like really interested and really fascinated by all other types of design. <laughs> so like I'm super into and super curious about like interior design, super curious about architecture, super curious about like shoe design um because i've been following tobias and like his work has been like really cool um super into even like graphic design and art (laughs) like stuff that before like i didn't i didn't used to care that much about now i actually do a lot um and i think they're really interesting kind of mediums for creativity and just kind of creating better experiences for people um so yeah i don't know i've I'm kind of curious like has have you ever felt that way like where i feel like i really want to explore all of these different things and see like you know like i can i apply some of the stuff that i know about product design to design like a really cool space or to like even fashion design like it's been interesting to me like i i'd love to have like design my own 
clothes or something like that, you know, at some point. Like that that'd be cool. Uh I don't think this is weird at all. Um I haven't personally like hmm. I haven't got tired of product design uh at all. Yeah, but I, I, that's why I don't think do. like falling out of love is maybe not the best term. Right. What I do but. do a lot is uh, be really interested about like some other hobbies, mm. you know, which like it distracts me that may have like a negative connotation, but like it distracts me from my day to day product design work. Um, I mean, I don't want to say that in a bad way. It's more like it keeps me excited and like fresh yeah. with new yeah. stuff and new yeah, ideas. Exactly. Um, and I could be like video and I could be like exercising, running. We just mentioned that running. I'm really into that. Or like, uh, yeah, we mentioned, I'm starting to get really into shoes. That's the thing. <laughs> but that's like, oh boy, but it's funny. I how, bought three pairs yeah. of shoes today, this week. So my dude, he has to talk about that. Um, it's, it's, I think that's healthy, you know, it's, uh, and, and I don't think it's, particularly means that it means that you are falling out of love with product design and you're never going back it's just you're taking a mental break from it i mean not really because you're still working day to day with that right yeah absolutely i don't think that's weird at all um actually it is kind of like it's used (laughs) it's it's you being normal because i would say most people don't think about they their day-to-day like job uh like 100 percent of their time every day right right i think we designers or maybe just we a smaller group of people but like i don't think this is normal like i don't know anyone else who like uh, imagine that they're a lawyer they're lawyers <laughs> and when they're not at their you know at their job they're reading into lawyery things and they're well, watching shows about lawyers the, I, and, I think that's different though because it's it's like a lawyer um, that practices like business law and like murders and acquisitions who would then like read about like murder trials and stuff like that. You know, like that it would be it's still at the end of the day, like it's still kind of law the same way that it, like any type of design is still still ends up being design um is just like a different twist to it. Like it's not like I was thinking about um like basketball you know like that would be completely different but it's i want to agree with you but i literally can't think of any person that i know that their main like topic of discussion their main thing that they talk about and they love and they do in their spare time is the same as their day-to-day job maybe i'm just not thinking hard enough no, I mean that might yeah, that might be true. I don't know. Um but yeah, I I don't know. It's but for me it's more I find it that it blends in more into my work life where it's not just like this is this might be a fun hobby on the side where I'm like maybe in 10 years that's what I'll be doing. Maybe I'll be doing something different and it's fine. Sure? like i yeah i don't know not like not that i'm like hanging my my product design hat like anytime soon but it's i just see 
basically I see the stuff that I do and the experience that I have as kind of transferable. Whereas like, I'm like, I view myself as I'm a designer and I have lots of ideas and opinions for product design, but Hey, I also have a lot of, uh, thoughts and opinions for furniture and heck i i designed a bookshelf and i designed my kitchen table (laughs) and i made them (laughs) so it's not just like thinking about it um and i'm like maybe this this would be cool at some point in my life to just do that (laughs) like and and i'm i've been like very curious and like trying to seek out people who do that stuff and like just learning hey what is your life like um and and it's not purely in the sense that like hey i don't want to stop doing product design obviously uh but i see a lot of parallels like when i'm doing these things and doing stuff other than product design i think hey like that's that's interesting like how um i don't know like someone might be working on like a like shoe collection is like kind of this design interesting design systems because uh it's like a same a similar shoe format but then with different types of like styles applied to it or i don't know like trying to find parallels in these other types of designs um to kind of like inspire me into my own work um and i've just found like for me it's just been like kind of eye-opening that like Design doesn't have to be just like this little bubble of the three big companies in Silicon Valley, that it can be so much wider than that. Um, And I feel like I've seen maybe every possible iteration of the design talks that are out there on product design and web design and app design. Um, (laughs) But then watching other talks from people that are like in the art world, (laughs) like, oh, that's super interesting. Like, what are they thinking about? Um, So, yeah, that's been fun. Like, one example um, was actually someone who gave a talk at the Montreal Design Club, uh, the last one. uh, And he is, like, he is a product designer, but he's very inspired by, like, other types of of medias. Um, And he was talking about how, um, you know how in kind of web design, most websites these days look the same, right? Yeah. It's like a hero at the top, white background, like minimal, like sans serif text, three columns, that kind of stuff. Um, and like how uh, somehow it seems like we've all converged towards this agreement that this is the best way to design websites. And same, like, same thing could be said for logos even. You know, like looking at the Airbnb logo, the Google logo, the Spotify logo, Mm -hmm. like all of them like kind of share a lot of similarities. Um, And what he was talking about is how the similar shift has been happening with museums and how it seemed like, and I forget when it was, like what time uh, period it was, but um, at some point museums all agreed that the best way to present artwork is white walls. And like it started, like it didn't start off that all the museums were that way, but then slowly but surely they all converted to like using the white walls. It's like, everyone's doing the same thing. It's like, huh, that is like really interesting. 
And that's something that I never really thought about. And it kind of like made me want to think a different way. Like what if like what if you had a museum where the art was on the walls and you had like canvas, but the canvas would be white <laughs> and then the art will be would be all over. Like that'd be super cool. I don't know. I, and I'm just thinking like, okay, like can we do creative things on like in a screen on a website? Like can we kind of reverse that thinking? I don't know. For me, it's just like a lot of thoughts that just have are things that I haven't been really thinking about or have approached a similar thing that I've been thinking about in a very different way. And I, I don't know. I personally just find that healthy to kind of look outside of my own bubble for, for a change. Yeah. Again, I think that's super healthy and normal. You're just, I'm just discovering you want, it. <laughs> you, you want something to excite you into like something fresh and something that like you, like a field in where everything is new. So you have a lot of stuff yeah. to learn and it's easy to learn because everything is new. Yeah. Um, so like you can't really get that from your, you know, your product designer because you're more of an expert right now. Um, so anything else is, looks very curious and fresh and new. Um, talking about the, what do you talk about? How like we're converging to this place and why everything looks the same and like we all figured it out. That is just what happens when you reach a certain level of maturity in an industry, right? In an area. Um, that happen. You can say the same for like pants. They look the same since forever. We found this one thing like jeans. Every single pair of pants is the same. What if we could do why, something? Why do I keep like, buying jeans though? <laughs> why? Like, you like can, aren't like, all shoes the same? Yeah, even because <laughs> I have a like, closet full of shoes to prove you wrong. But even shoes, like we got. <laughs> There's there's not a lot of innovation. It's still like the sole and the midsole and mm -hmm. the upper, and it, it like it has that ch shape, and it can have like high tops or low tops. Anyway, you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. Like when you reach a certain level of maturity, uh, innovation like settles down a little bit, uh, and it takes a lot more to be innovative and to be different, and because the risks are so much higher. Meaning, um, if we all agree that you know, the best way to consume art in a museum is to have white walls uh, with the art on it. If you want to be innovative, if you want to be different, you are taking a high risk because it is proven that this is a very good, safe way to show off your art. So if you want to be crazy, um, you can suffer from, like, people can't actually see uh, the art or people get too distracted and, like, can't focus on the art or people can't read... You know, the same thing for web design. Like, you can be more innovative in, in, in like, search that creativity and that originality. But it, it it's risky because you can be, like, you can suffer from usability. People can't really actually, people won't convert whatever you're trying to, whatever the purpose is of your web page. Um, like, it's a risk. Uh, and less and less people value originality for what it is if it suffers from the rest, right? Because, um, like, yes, a hero in white background with text on it, sans serif text, um, you know what, that is that converts very well because it's clear, people read it, people are used to it, so they don't have to learn how to navigate this web page. They know what to expect. Um, 
So anyway, I, I, I feel like you could say the same for every area in industry. Um, well, just technology in general is a is a an interesting one because the rate at which technology changes and evolves, I would say, is like way higher than the average uh, industry. Um, so because of that fact, I still think that technology as an area is still very much fresh and new. Uh, for a lot of people, because it changes very fast. Mm. Um, like touch screens were a new thing like 10 years ago or whatever it was. Um, more than that, Jesus. Like 12 <laughs> years ago, touch screens were a thing. And all of a sudden, it was new. No one knew how to design for this and design an interface. And there was all, everything was crazy, man. Skeuomorphism, crazy. Look at this art app that farts when you shake it and look at this <laughs> app that it looks like i am drinking from a beer remember oh, that yeah, like in yeah, the yeah, og cool. days <laughs> like it was crazy because everything was new and everything was original you can come up with anything um and so anyway um product design like software is maturing a little bit uh just because we've been doing this for a while um but like all new kinds of crap are coming Oh, like now voice assistants and AIs and, you know, spaceships, if you're Elon Musk. <laughs> you know, like, I still think this is a very um, fresh and exciting industry to be in. Um, but of course, for us that are in this industry, every other industry is fresh and new because it's we don't know anything about it, right? So mm -hmm. like you were saying, everything is new, like interior design. You know nothing. So everything you're going to learn is new and exciting. <laughs> um, so I think this is healthy. And I think you shouldn't, you and you, the audience, you, you shouldn't fight this, right? If you feel like you're losing interest in an area and maybe you want to do something or learn about something new, uh, you should do it. You, yeah. <laughs> it's healthy. Cool. All right, I think that's a good place to end it. All right, should we do recommendations before we go? Let's do it. All right, you want to go first? Sure. Um, so this week, uh, I went. Well, yesterday, <laughs> I went to the movie theater and I saw A Quiet Place. So um, this is a movie um, that um, is kind of hard to describe and I, I i went in not knowing anything about it um which was good uh so i don't know if i want to talk about it but um basically uh, most of the movie is very quiet <laughs> it's a it's a suspense <laughs> slash i don't know if horror is the right way to say it but it's a scary movie it's a thriller yeah would you say kind of a, yeah kind i don't of a know thriller um but it was it was pretty good. Um, it's not flawless, but I thought it did like a few things really well. Where please don't spoil anything. Okay. All right, so I'm not gonna seen. I'm not gonna go into any details. Maybe we can talk about it once please you've seen don't. it. Um, yeah, I would love to. But it's not here yet in theater, so I have to wait a little bit. But okay, yeah. right, right. Um, but um yeah it was it was very good and did things that other movies in this genre like haven't really done for me in the past so um 
Yeah, I thought it was great. Um, it's with uh, Emily Blunt and that guy from The Office. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> don't John Krasinski. Yeah, it was. I think it was written, produced, and directed by John yes. Krasinski. Yeah. Um, and like, they're they're a couple in real life. And apparently, mm-hmm. when she saw that like he was doing this movie, she was like, "I'm not letting you uh, go with anyone else than me for the actress," which is kind of cool. Um, so yeah, great movie. Yeah. Uh, the the kids are great. I had n- never seen them before um, in in a movie, but they're awesome. So yeah, great film. Cool. I'm really excited about this movie. I've heard good things. I really want to check it out. Cool. Um. All right, uh, my recommendation is a video game. And uh, like this is not news for anyone. If you're into video games, you know about this. God of War came out uh, last week and um it's been getting it's been getting amazing reviews and well deserved because this is a amazing game. I'm, I'm almost done with it. <laughs> I almost finished it um close. Um if if you know God of War, like the OG games, God of War from from PS2, um, it's it's quite different actually. It's like a, it's like a mature version, <laughs> which actually goes very well with the theme and the story. So it follows the the plot, but you don't have to play those games if you to to, to appreciate this one. So if you haven't played all the previous God of Wars, Gods of War, God of Wars. <laughs> I don't know. Um, well, you don't have to, but like, but it helps. Like, it 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 had it adds an extra layer of enjoyment if you have. Um, so yeah, I, I think this game is like an action. Think uh, Last of Us meets uh, Dark Souls <laughs> meets The Witcher. So it's a pretty cool, pretty good game. Uh, check it out if you haven't. Boom. Right, can we talk about Westworld? Oh, uh, uh, wait one second. Let me do the outro. Um, hey, that's it for the show. Uh, thanks so much for listening. If you want to uh, talk to us, uh, what? <laughs> if you want to talk to us, <laughs> to us, um, if you want to talk to us, uh, you can do that by visiting spectrum.chat or you can uh, reach out on Twitter. We are at layoutfm. I am personally uh, at Ravahari on Twitter and Kevin is at Vernal Kick. Please get in touch. Uh, let us know what your recommendations are or let us know what you would like us to talk about on this show. Um, just like listener Joseph Pierce did. So thanks, Joseph. Um, you can uh, also go visit our... You can also uh, check out the links for every stuff that we mentioned. Uh, check out our show notes and links for every other episode that we recorded um, by visiting our website which is layout.fm. You can also buy stickers in that same website. There's a link and a button there to do so. Uh, I just wanted to say, I was curious if people like the more casual format. Yeah, that's interesting. Because this is something we purposely moved out or moved away mm-hmm. from. So maybe every once in a while we could do this. It's a different format. So yeah, let us know what you think. Um, we all, I also... Uh, We also want to give special shout-outs for um, Thomas Pritchard for buying stickers and being an awesome listener. And uh, also Victor Kearns for reaching out to us. Um, And uh, yeah, I think that's it. This episode in particular is sponsored by Filament Creative. Uh, Once again, you can check spec.fm slash UXDMC and use the code SPEC15 at checkout of their UX Max 
masterclass design course. Um, thanks so much for sponsoring this show. And this is, we are part of uh, spec.fm network. I never know if it's spec.fm or spec network or I don't, I know, don't know either. But you can check it out <laughs> at spec.fm on the internet. Um, if you're looking for more shows to listen to, check them out. Um, yeah. Yep. 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 Upside down. Upside down. We are upside down. Down in the upside down. Uh, I was thinking of... Did you see that uh, Millie Bobby Brown video where she raps to... um, (laughs) Just Bodak Yellow. Yeah, like a... <laughs> yeah, 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 On Jim yeah. Fallon or something? Yeah, I always think about that. Yeah, that was cool. Um, have you seen Westworld? Yeah, I have. What do you think about it? <sighs> I'm so happy that it's back. <laughs> I got HBO <sighs> Dude. just to watch it. Like, I well, went through well, all the trouble as you and should. got the HBO. I'm like fully 100% legit. And... People might not know this, but it's not an easy thing here in Canada to do. No, it's not. Um, but I managed to do it. I, I made it happen. I'm so excited that now you are yes. um, watching as it yes. comes out. So for context, people who are listening, Kevin got into Westworld Season 1. Was it at the end or like close no, to no, the no. end? No, no, no. It was like three months after it was ended. <laughs> Because, oh, because wow. you know what? Because HBO only posts the um, the videos to iTunes three months after a uh, season oh, is over. That's yeah, that really sucks. <laughs> Anywho, so so what are the things that you really didn't experience, uh, basically by binge watching the show? Uh, was all the theories, all of the like the the dissecting every single scene all i don't know about if you know about this all of the podcasts weekly podcasts on this yeah. show i and listen to out west you are okay you should i think my favorite is decoding westworld i can send you a link actually links in the show notes um decoding westworld it's it's with joanna Stern? Oh, really? no 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 that's not that's not right. joanna robinson and david chan i think Anywho, um, so now that you can experience this, it's amazing. I strongly recommend you subscribe to the subreddit because mm. that's where every single theory comes from, pretty much. <laughs> Reddit is crazy. Um, you can just go there now uh, and check like the top posts. Okay, it's so amazing. I- so there, <laughs> I'm gonna, gonna. This is gonna sound crazy. How do you subscribe to a subreddit? So you create an account. I think Reddit. I might have an account. Oh no, I don't even have an account. But so if you if you have an but account, I'm on um, um, Apollo. Are you on on the that Apollo? works too? 
Yeah, he's a um, um, So anyway, if you just you just go to subreddit and you subscribe so to the Apple website. World. <laughs> Tech support with Warfa. Um, wait, how do I? Okay, Westworld. Right. So if you're using Apollo, if you have an account and you are logged in, you go to search. You search for Westworld, mm-hmm. and you can see the subreddit suggestions. Mm-hmm. You can see Westworld subreddit. So once you're in there. Uh, you tap the little the ellipses okay. icon on the top right, and you click subscribe. Okay. Because there was subscribe now, what, and there was favorite. I wasn't sure. So what subscribing means is that like your your like homepage, your slash all, now they're going to surface those posts ah, as well. Um, okay. All by default is a, a, like a like a mix of a bunch of subreddits like the most popular ones like slash funny slash video slash whatever hmm. at this point i don't know because my all is very custom <laughs> personalized i guess um so any or you can just go like what i do when i do want to read westworld stuff i literally just go to the subreddit reddit is an amazing place but i feel like reddit is a very good representation of the internet as, as in mm. general um Meaning, you can find the most nerd, nerdy, in-depth, like obs- obsession-type posts about a super niche topic, and you can find the worst people in the internet as well. Like it's, hmm. you can have both. <laughs> you do have both. Um, but what I do love about Reddit is all of this. Like any specific topic that you're into, there's a subreddit for that, and there's like a lot of nerdery on that particular thing and there's a subreddit for like there's gaming there's one just for ps4 there's a subreddit for like running i just subscribe to that (laughs) um subreddit like this there's one subreddit to just identifying nike shoes for example (laughs) people just post pictures of a nike shoe and people like the community just try to identify that shoe anyway going back to westworld dude uh i'm gonna sound a spoiler horn so if you haven't seen Westworld season one or like episode uh, one of season two. Don't listen to this. Stop. Go home. Thanks for listening. Because um, we're going to spoil this. Anywho, Kevin, uh, do you want to know, do you want me to give you like a quick recap of the, like the big theories of the week? Yeah, please do. Okay. So we can do this. This can be a segment. Um <laughs> So, I don't know if you noticed, but the first scene of this episode is you see Arnold or Bernard talking to Dolores, and Dolores is wearing her blue dress, so uh, historically that's the dress of the past timeline, if that makes sense. Uh. Um, And so, like... I think the show is is trying to lead you to believe that this is the past, right? So Arnold, because uh, Arnold is like is afraid of what Dolores can become, is like intrigued by her, whatever, whatever. Um, and I don't know if you noticed this, but that that scene, that whole scene, had a different aspect ratio from the rest of the episode, which was jarring when I saw it. Um, I don't know if you noticed. I did not pick up on that. But I, I have no idea. But what, I watched it in like means, multiple <laughs> sequences, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so okay. that might be reason why I missed it. Yeah, 
<laughs> so anyway, uh, the, the show is leading you to believe that Sana passed, and um, we know for a fact that they will go back to that previous timeline with like young Will and mm-hmm. Logan, because we know that the actors are in the show. And if you see, if you've seen the like on the next episode, you can see Will. So we know we're going to go back to the past, which is very interesting because I don't know what else there is to tell. <laughs> and so, and then on the the actual show, it's it's pretty obvious that you follow two different timelines as well. The right after the the incident at the gala, and two weeks after when they find Bernard yeah. on the beach. So right off the bat, there's three different timelines that the show is trying to legit trying to you know have you believe. Um, so the one theory, the most, the, the stronger theory right now on Reddit is that Bernard is in some kind of loop in where this thing that happened on the beach, like him waking up with the, the like rescue team and then going over what happened and the bodies and whatever that has happened quite some times. Mm-hmm. Um, for and there's a couple different clues. One, the most obvious at the beginning, Arnold or Bernard, whoever, um, says that he dreamt of this beach. He washed ashore in this beach, which is kind of weird. Um, and second, when um, that that agent, the new character, um, is talking to to uh, Bernard, like Bernard finishes his sentences, meaning. He knew he was going to say that. And it's kind of subtle. Mm. Like, I, I didn't pick up when I, I was yeah, watching the show. Yeah, I probably need to rewatch it. Yeah, there's like, there's like videos of like the, just that sequence on Reddit. You can see like Bernard finishes the other person's sentence. Like, he knows about this. And he, he looks very disoriented. Yeah, one thing um, that was weird to me is how they just like, he just shows up on the shore and everyone's like, all right I, like he's like hey i can I, I think i can help you guys and they're like all right cool <laughs> then don't ask any questions and like, like what happened like, yeah don't offer water yeah. or food or like to dry your clothes <laughs> anything like they don't care about him at all which is kind of odd and i don't know how much time we were supposed to think he was unconscious unconscious because it was not the two weeks because that any human would Right. Died, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Being unconscious for two weeks and waking up and not taking a sip of water. So <laughs> um, that was kind of weird. Um, and uh, one last thing is that in that dream sequence, um, you see a couple scenes that you later see in that scene at the beach, but from a different angle, meaning like it's it's different takes, quote unquote, of that scene. Remember when they were shooting the hosts, like they were yeah. in line, they were just shooting them. It's that scene. I think we've seen it twice or three times from different angles, hmm. meaning, and this is where the theory comes. The theory is that uh, this rescue team, whatever, they're trying to get information out of, out of Arnold or Bernard, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, and they know Bernard is a, a robot. <laughs> so they put him in this loop to go over exactly every single thing that happened to try to get information out of him. Right, cuz they want and, they want to use him to find the host that they need. Maybe. Right. Yeah, or just like to find out what happened. I, I don't know. Um so anyway, I think that's there's a lot of things you can check and like and there's also like smaller things that a lot of times these small details that people 
pick up they're meaningless like they don't mean anything. <laughs> like there's this there's this one tablet in where they're checking out um you know when they upload the brain of that one host into this tablet mm-hmm. so there's like there's a couple scenes in where the tablet has like a scratch on its back and there's this one shot in where it doesn't right like, oh see this shot is a different timeline we're like, like well no maybe but <laughs> yeah Oops, yeah um so anyway yeah that's that's interesting how how often did uh theories became true for season one um so there were a lot that were just bogus and they were kind of fun there was a big one about this show being in mars like the the park was in mars or whatever there were a lot of good hints but the one big theory that people picked up on on episode two so very early on was the two timeline theory. Um, and the biggest clue was that there are two different Westworld logos. Right, okay. One that looks way more retro right. than the other one. Um, so that was like the biggest mm. clue and people picked up. So by episode two, people knew or speculated that there were two different timelines. Mm. We've seen, we were seeing two different things. And I think by by like episode three, four, People were very heavy on the Will as Men in Black as well. Uh, okay. So Reddit did well. <laughs> Reddit did good. Okay. All right. <laughs> Interesting. Um, I don't know if you know this. Uh, there was this. So before uh, season two came on, uh, maybe a month before, um, Jonathan Nolan, the creator of the show, came on Reddit and posted on Reddit the following. He posted something saying, hey, because you people are going to like create all these theories and overanalyze everything, um, and because, just like it happened on season one, like some of those theories will be right. So if those theories are right, they are spoilers. Even if you do not know, they are spoilers. Mm-hmm. So if this post, and this is Jonathan Nolan already. If this post gets more than a hundred upvotes or whatever, which is nothing, right. like any post can yeah. get that, it's nothing. Like if this post gets a hundred upvotes, we will release a video um, here on Reddit for the Reddit community explaining the whole plot <laughs> of the whole season. So that way you will all know right. what's going to happen, and that way you can protect other viewers from being spoiled just like it happened with game of thrones because every book reader knew like what was going to happen but i think the whole internet like behaved very well because they were trying to protect people from knowing spoilers like i i personally didn't get spoiled that much yeah which is crazy when you think about like how so i haven't seen much of game of thrones and basically nothing's been spoiled for me like yeah, the only the only thing was so, the, the Hodor thing, and Hodor, mm. uh, but that was it. Okay, like I knew okay, so little about Game of Thrones that I thought Ned Stark was um, Jon Snow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. uh, but anyways, um, yeah. So I'm guessing they didn't do that, right? That was just trolling. no. That was a prank. Yeah, of course, <laughs> of course. There was no way they were going to do was, that. It was interesting, you know how. Like it's an interesting thought experiment, right. experiment, right? You, you like, if you tell everyone right off the bat, then people can protect each other from spoilers. 
Is that you create like the spoiler police <laughs> on the internet? Spoiler police. I don't know. I thought it was interesting. That'd be a good show title. Spoiler police. I don't know if you can put that in a title because this is part of the upside down. No one should, um, no one should listen to this. <laughs> yeah. Can we all agree that Maeve is the best character? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I think she's I really so like great. Maeve. Like she's she's badass. She like controls everyone. I like kind of her storyline better that she's like trying to find her daughter. Um, yeah, I don't know. She's just she's cool. <laughs> yeah, she is cool. She's yeah, badass. I like her. Um, isn't it kind of weird that she keeps this piece of paper <laughs> with like literally three yeah. numbers, like sector, whatever, whatever. Like yeah. she's a robot I, with yeah. all the stats. I love that <laughs> moment too when she was like, "I'm gonna find my daughter," and then the that other guy, I forget his name, it's like, "Your daughter," and like he he didn't really like tell her too much, but I think. She just doesn't exist anymore. Like, I don't... Uh, I think these robots are very expensive, so they will keep... No, but I mean, like, like what she thinks... Like, she might have been repurposed to something else. And, like, doesn't remember her at all. Like, is, like, a different person. Just, like, been reprogrammed to something else. Well, but I guess Maeve could reprogram the child robot to remember i don't know yeah but that's a very good question like what if let's theorize here if mave by the end of the season whatever she finds her daughter meaning the vessel the body of this robot (laughs) from her past uh uh, loop what's gonna happen then what because yeah like you mentioned the the daughter is not won't remember yeah exactly And, and and mave remembers but I don't think everyone. But then does. what's? But do you think like Maeve will, quote unquote, force, like force the 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 child to go back to a loop or I don't know, like upload the old loop, like literally changing, the like forcing the daughter to remember her. You know what I mean? Isn't that also cruel? In oh yeah, I mean, I, predicting anything in, in Westworld is is really difficult, but. I feel like I'm not sure, but it might be the end of Maeve, basically. Like I, I, I just can't see a scenario because then, like, where... is, would she even be the same person? Like, can you reprogram her with the memories? Like, because you're basically creating memories at this point, right? Yeah, I, I, I no see, I see no scenario where Maeve, like, a happy yeah, ending. No, exactly, me either. <laughs> Like, there's no way for this to end yeah. well. Yeah. Um, I was also curious about um, when Bernard is with, um, what's her name? Like that company lady <laughs> in the dress. Oh, uh, Tessa Thompson. I don't yeah, know. Her. Um, it's like, do, we, do you think that she knows that he's, um, he's a host? Well, I don't think so. Not yet. Because I feel like, boy, like it's, it sure seems like there's a lot of hints <laughs> that he is a host. And like, how dumb do you have to be to not pick up on them? 
Well, we, the audience, went through a whole season without picking up on it. Well, but yeah, so. but I mean, they only show us what they want to show us. But like just in that scene, like where when they're in that kind of bunker thing, like there's a <laughs> lot of hints. Um, and Bernard, I noticed. Why? Why don't you ever? <laughs> He's on the iPad. <laughs> like the, the, his brain is like malfunctioning or something. It's like seriously, like and like why don't she like why can't she just look at it at the iPad herself? Like why does she have to ask him? I don't know. It's weird. Well, the iPad he was being like sneaky with the iPad. Yes, he was. And I guess the whole the whole like hand shaking. He was shaking a lot. It could be explained like. It could be justified by the fact that he just saw a lot of people being murdered. Like he's been just through, he's been through a traumatic yeah. experience. So I would shake. I, but these are know. people who are um, in charge of Westworld. Don't they see that all the time? No, they don't I, see well, humans I guess they're not being humans, killed. But it's more or less the yeah, same like, thing. You, you don't fear for your life ever. Right. Okay. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, that's another thing i, think, uh, I don't know I think, if we've talked about this before but <laughs> i mean i guess that's out the window now but how can they even ensure that people are gonna survive Westworld? oh they can't there's oh a, there's a uh um, disclaimer now that i won't people remember have to sign yeah okay. that was this one scene is the season yeah, one where like that. yeah basically they, they signed a waiver, a, a waiver right. saying yeah okay. we won't be responsible right because you know you, you can just Fall off a cliff yeah, yeah, exactly. by yourself okay. and die. Right. Like it's yeah. <laughs> um, huh. Interesting. Um, I think it's going to be pretty interesting to see Bernard like dealing with the fact that he now knows he's not right. human, but he still like feels human, right? Because yeah. nothing changed in there. So I think that's going to be very interesting to see that evolution. Yeah, and he just does, found and out, like, right? What I don't does know. Bernard want. Yeah, I don't know. Because right now it seems like he's just been following along. <laughs> like, what is he trying yeah. to do exactly? Um, and th- but I, at the end, like, that's where I get all mixed up with the timelines. But um, you know, the episode ends, and he says he killed all the um, the hosts, right? The ones that are right. in the water. Which right. it seemed like wasn't that Dolores. <laughs> no, because so. So that scene with the flood in the water yeah. and, and and Bernard with the rescue team, that takes place two weeks after the gala. Hmm. And the whole scene with Bernard and Tessa Thompson and Dolores and Teddy, that whole thing is like immediately after right. the gala. Yeah. So two weeks from then, it's when they're all dead and they find right. the bodies. Um, so and, and what, what Bernard is trying to... You know, leading us to believe there is that he 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 caused that flood. He caused all those hosts to be dead. And one of the hosts, I don't know if you picked this up. I completely like I suspected, but I was not sure. But that last host and that we zoom into is Teddy. Have you did you pick that up? The last host that we zoom into. I mean, I know who Teddy is, but uh, so oh, like the, the, water? the the final yeah oh, the final shot I is didn't a bunch realize. of dead people in the water. I didn't realize. Yeah, the last person uh, drowned was Well, Teddy. but yeah, but that that's where like things were a bit confusing to me because um Dolores is trying to kill all the hosts, right? Yeah, but those dead were were no 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 no. Dolores is trying to kill all the guests. Oh, all the guests, not the not the hosts. The humans, not the hosts. 
and those dead were hosts. I guess there's probably some guests there as well. Mm, so those were robots dead. Okay. Anywho. All right. Well, looking probably, forward to the next episode. <laughs> yeah, same. And the the segment here. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll definitely be more like caught up on all the all the rumors and all the the guess guesses as to Yeah, just like happening. just like the the two following days after the episode yeah. airs. Check check Yeah, Reddit. and I think I'm going to be rewatching <laughs> the episode. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah. Me too. Cool. Awesome. All right, dude. This all is right, cool. We made it. This turned out better than expected. <laughs> yeah, I think all the shows where we don't feel like we have anything to talk about end up being good shows. So, I don't know. What does that say? What does that say about us? Good question. Anywho. All right, I'm going to stop recording. Okay. Me too.